Hi, I'm Dominic Insinius, leader of The Heart. I want to welcome you to The Heart Podcast. Thank you for letting us be a small part in your journey of faith. I hope this message today encourages you and strengthens you. Big things can happen when we expect God to move, so I pray today that God would speak to you through this message. I'm really excited about today's uh, message. It has truthfully been really challenging for me to dig into this lesson that we're going to look at today. But within this series, like Dom mentioned, we've been exploring what life and our faith looks like without living by the rules, right? This idea of living lawless. And it reminded me of a series we did quite some time ago called um, The Gray. And if you haven't watched that one, I definitely recommend that you go back and watch that. But essentially, it's this idea of not living in a black and white world, but what does life look like in between? And so as I was thinking about that series and I was thinking about this particular series that we're in today, it made me come across this idea of what's known as common law. Have you ever heard of common law? Yeah, a lot of times when you hear that phrase, you may hear that in regards to like common law marriage. Um, The first time I ever heard the term common law, it's because my aunt and my uncle had been together for a gazillion years. I had no idea they weren't married, but my mom just always would say, well, they're common law married. I think that was in the state of California, and it's not a thing, but they adopted it, right? And so today, I want to look at this idea of common law, but before I do that, will you pray with me? Father, I thank you for this moment with you. I thank thank you for this moment together as a community. God, I, I pray that just for the next 20, 25 minutes, we can be still, that we can show up and listen for what you have for each of us individually through this message, through this experience, through this time together. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So before we get into common law, you guys, I was so curious about the type of laws that we have in Texas, and I came across some absolutely ridiculous ones. This has nothing to do with the message today, but I'm just going to share them for fun, okay? So in the state of Texas, here are four laws that are actually punishable under the law. You cannot sell your eyes. You can sell your hair and your blood, but you cannot sell your eyes. In fact, it's punishable, a $4,000 fine and up to a year in the county jail, so that's one. You can't own the entire Encyclopedia Britannica, and here's why. The state of Texas outlawed the entire encyclopedia because it has a formula for making beer at home, which you would think, Texas, they'd be all about it, but nope, can't do it. You can't take more than three sips or swallows of beer while standing, so we're going to have to rest the entire Warsfest population. And you can't go barefoot without a permit. So Texas takes no shoes, no shirt, no problem, very seriously. You have to get a permit for that. It's $5, so you're not allowed to just walk around without shoes. So while these laws are absolutely absurd, they are actually punishable, right? So when we look at common law, it almost presents as this intentional gray area within the law system. So here's the the definition. Common law is a body of unwritten laws based on legal precedents established by the courts. 
It influences the decision-making process in unusual cases where the outcome cannot be determined based on existing statutes or written laws. So in this type of law, a judge will take past cases and scenarios, and if they are similar, he will use those to create a ruling in the present case, okay? So there's almost this shaping from the past and this reshaping that can be done in the future based off of this particular law system. And I personally had a hard time grasping that besides whenever I was thinking about the common law marriage. So let me share an example with you guys that I picked up that helped me. Um, you're way smarter than I am, so you probably know all the things, but this quick little example helped me understand common law a little bit better. So pretend it's a thousand years ago in rural England. There's a village surrounded on three sides by a river. The only way to cross to the other side of the village is to walk over a land bridge on Farmer John's land. Now, Farmer John, he doesn't mind it, and so the people use this bridge all of the time. And then Farmer John dies. So he sells the farm, and the next farm farmer allows the same thing. The people from the village can walk across this bridge, no problem. He dies, and so on. So a new farmer comes in, and this farmer is like, you're done. You're not going to walk across this bridge anymore. He wants to put a stop to it. So the village people go to the judge and they say, we can't get across this river without this bridge. We've been doing it for hundreds of years. So the judge takes the case and because the farmer stated that he knew the people had been using this bridge to cross over, that it was the ruling was they could continue to do that. Okay, so that's common law. He's taking this past scenario, the person knew that they were going to use the bridge, and he's saying in this case, they can continue to use the bridge. Fast forward, we're 2020, there is a steel company that comes into the land, and in their contract, they say no one can use the bridge. Regardless of if these people had been doing it for hundreds of years, the judge can try a new case, right? And so maybe there's an adjustment that is made because of the new circumstance in front of them. You guys following me? Awesome, okay. So when I was thinking about that, I was like, okay, there's some advantages here. Some of the advantages of common law is it's, it can be more speedy and efficient because it's not depending on this large deliberation or analysis of the law system. Basically, it elevates the judge to be able to make a decision based off of the rulings. And then also, as you could imagine, there are some disadvantages of that. Maybe there is oversight or it could be an outdated system. So how does that apply to us? When I think about it, and I think about the series that we're in, and I think about our lives, I think about how important it is for us to keep margin in our lives. We can take what we went through in the past, but we have to be open and flexible to what is in front of us for our decisions for the future. And that can be hard if we're in this rigid mindset. Here's an example. We're coming up on Thanksgiving. I grew up with my whole family 
pretty much all in the house. My grandma had two best friends that I called my aunts. I didn't even know they weren't related until one of my aunt's funeral. Um, but I should have known because all my cousins were Filipino. And so when I was really, really little, I always wondered why my skin didn't look like my cousins. I was just like the odd, um, super light cousin. And so, and I didn't know how to like roll the lumpia right. It was a whole thing, okay? So anyways, when my aunts would get together during Thanksgiving, my Aunt Jo had a very specific way that you make the stuffing. You don't deviate from making the stuffing. And if one of like my grandma or my other aunt tried to put even a pinch more of salt in that stuffing, it was like Golden Girls times 10. Everything was crazy, they'd fight. It was like a whole entertaining show that had to be a part of Thanksgiving, right? Rigid in her ways and if there was any deviation everything fell apart so i was just thinking about this idea of common law and i wrote this down for you common law allows us to be shaped by what happened before and to be reshaped by what is in front of us we're going to talk in a few minutes about um, a story in the book of jeremiah and it has to deal with a potter and clay and it's a really beautiful illustration of how God shows up in our lives and how this idea of reshaping is just so important to not only our faith, our relationship with God, but our relationship with each other. So we'll get into that in just a little bit. And um, speaking of just being rigid, I want to share this quick story with you guys, just my own um, experience. So when I was younger, a kid, so... I don't know, 15 years ago. Um, when I was younger, um, in my early adulthood, I had this very sophisticated way of dealing with conflict in my life or issues in relationships. And it worked for me, okay? Um, it was to ignore people or give the silent treatment. And so best friend goes to the skating rink without me and someone else, silent treatment. Mom doesn't let me go to the ballpark, silent treatment. Kid makes fun of me for any reason, either hand-to-hand -hand combat or silent treatment. Now that worked for me at the time, but as I have grown and as I have been reshaped through therapy and friends that dig into things and talked, I've learned that the silent treatment is actually self-sabotaging. It really is distressing to our physical and our mental health. It destroys trust between friendships. It is horrible to our growth and our emotional intelligence. And so that's been this part of my life where I've had to be shaped and reshaped because that is a conflict resolution that I can very easily fall back into. Is there anything in your life, maybe in your marriage or your friendships or your work relationships, where you could use this common law approach of allowing the past to influence your decision but to be reshaped as needed? That would be a way that we could be living lawless as a community. It's um, when we fail to adapt to where we're at in life that we can become in we can get into this really dangerous isolated space 
where we start to feel closed off from not only our relationship with our friends or in our community, but even in our faith. When we are not allowing God to shape us, it doesn't mean that there's a perfect way to do that. But when we are just being unwilling and rigid in our ways and not even open to what God has to do in our lives, that's when we'll become stifled. So what I want to do is I want to, first I'll share this with you. Um, I wrote this down too because it it's just so important to me to constantly have these reminders and that's what these series do, right? So when these series come into play, when we're looking at this collective um, talks that we have within a series, it's really just things that we've seen surface in our own lives or within the community. And we get this opportunity to explore them, right? And through conversations here and together in connect group and through um, these stories in the Bible, there are new things that come up that really give us perspective on this journey of what we're calling faith. So I wrote this down for you too. We have to take a step back from how we think and examine whether our thoughts are helping us or holding us back. You see, when I was younger, I really thought that the silent treatment was the end all be all and how I was gonna cope with issues the rest of my life. And there are many times that I still fall right back into that coping skill. But then I have to really sit still and listen and allow the people that I've placed trust in my life to speak into my life, right? And ask myself, is that helping me or is that holding me back in my growth, in my relationships? What is that actually doing for me in my faith? I want to talk about this story. So there's a story in the book of Jeremiah, and if you're not familiar with the Bible, it's okay. Um, if this is the first time you've got, you're going to hear about this story, that's okay too, but I really do encourage you guys to check out this story after today and see how God will speak to you through this particular story because there are so many different ways that it is utilized. There are a ton of different concepts that you can pull from this, and I'm just gonna talk about a very, very small portion of it. But to set you up, so in this particular story, Jeremiah, he was a prophet, and he's prophesying over the land of Judah. Now in this particular land, he is trying to talk to these people and give them the will of God and the way of God. And the king of Judah, he's basically leading these people to their downfall. And so God tells Jeremiah, hey, I want you to go down to the potter's house. Now, as you can imagine, the potter, and by my very sophisticated illustration, the potter makes pottery. So Jeremiah goes into the potter's house and he sees the potter with clay and pottery and a wheel where he is shaping this clay okay now one concept that you can pull from this um, is that well it's not a concept it's what the illustration is meant to be that God is the potter 
and that the clay is being molded into who he has designed us to be. But there's a really important part um, of this particular story because if you are not familiar with clay, now this is Plato, don't make fun of me, I serve in the kids ministry. So if you are clay, right, clay doesn't just appear as what we think of as clay. It's pulled from dust, dirt. It has sticks and gravel. There's this really long process where it is um, turned into something they call slip by sitting in seawater and then just basically being left alone for six months. It's this really long process and when they actually get the clay, they have to get all of the air bubbles out of it. Any imperfection in that clay, it won't create the pottery. Now in that time, there has to be a lot of pressure on the clay, inside and out. And if you have this clay on a wheel, it's the pressure on the inside that you start to see the shape take place on the outside. It's shaped and reshaped and shaped and reshaped. And here's what Jeremiah discovers when he goes into the potter's house. This is what the scripture says. Jeremiah 18, 1 through 4, and he says, This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house and saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. Now, I had to look up what marred meant. <laughs> it means um, impaired the quality of. So it was marred in his hand, so the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. You see, the potter was willing to revise what was impaired. You and I, we have to take the things in our lives and we have to be open to the reshaping. And God's going to do that reshaping for us but we have to be willing. And the thing that I took from this story that I hadn't really taken before is, yes, God's gonna do the reshaping, but what are the things in my life that I need to stand up and be responsible for to also reshape and adjust and adapt? There are so many things in my life that I feel very rigid in my way. Now, whenever a potter completes the shape of his pottery vessel it's fired and then it is like it's not unbreakable this would break right but it is shaped so sometimes that is used as decor sometimes it is used functionally but this is the shape it's very easily breakable but this is not so when I think about that illustration, I think about why do I get so stuck in wanting to become this and feeling like there is this rule or this law that I need to be shaped and perfect and that's it and I'm not going to change. I can get in that mindset of 
this is the goal and this is where I should be right now when there's so much more of this that I need to allow in my life. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I want to I wanna challenge us today with this idea of when we think through what living lawless is in our life, when we think through what allowing ourselves to not be fixated on the rules or the regulations or what we should or should not do, what can you take from this particular series? We've talked about many different things. We've talked about how Jesus came here to fulfill the law, and that's what allowed us to not be stuck in this process of having to follow rules, but now we can take that energy and we can place it on a relationship with God. Dom also talked about were the rules created for us or were we created for the rules. I think he also gave some tips about getting out of a speeding ticket. You can ask him about that later. And then last week, he talked about living beyond the law. It's, a, it's an easy illustration of our lives that we can all imagine, right? And this idea today of sometimes I, I also feel like for myself, I have thought through of like, leave the past in the past, and I don't want to touch that part of my life anymore. But if I did that, where are all the lessons had, right? That's so important for us to take the lessons of our lives, the scenarios, the scars, the imperfections, and to allow us to look at that, but also to adjust with what's future forward. What, what is next that we're stepping into? And how can we allow that past to influence these next steps in our lives and our relationships and our friendships? So that's what I want to challenge us with today. I want us to think through what does that mean to you? What part of your past can you take while you're stepping into the future? I also wrote this down for you. If you remain open to being shaped, God will use that willingness to create growth in your life. So when we make decisions, we, we all take you know, that information and we make those decisions based off of the moment. So if we're gonna walk away from here as a community today, even as a community, what as a community can we reshape in this city, right? So um, I just want to encourage us to live fluid, to allow feedback to influence what we're doing, who we are, and allow that piece of our faith to be shaped and reshaped and reshaped just like the potter did with the clay that eventually, in the end, turns into this vessel that is beautiful and useful, and it started as dust and dirt and gravel, and that pressure and the past turns into something incredible in the end. Yeah? Will you guys pray with me? God, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for being a part of a group of people that welcome us here no matter who we are. No matter what we've done in the past, no matter where we are, we belong right here, right now. God, I pray that we can just take a look at our own lives and that you would allow us to be guided through your hands, Lord. 
that you would take our scars and the dust and the dirt, and Lord, that you would turn it into something beautiful that can be used for you, for this city, for this community. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Heart Podcast. At The Heart, we like to say you don't have to go to church here to go to church here. That means you are already part of the community just by listening to the message today. If today's message connected with you, we want to invite you to share it with someone who may benefit from it. We would love to be a part of your journey of faith. Please visit us online at www.theheart.church forward slash next to see what your next step may be. And if you live near San Marcos, Texas, we would like to invite you to visit us in person this Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Remember to be bold this week and connect with those around you. It's how your relationships grow and how your faith grows. Music